Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable unto you. There is a lot that is not acceptable to you, God. May we see what of you may be present. May your justice roll down like waters. May we know you more intimately in sorrow and in strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We are living in dangerous times. We are living in dangerous times, and many people um, who have been at risk are now at more risk. Many of the deepest, darkest parts of our country have always been true, and some people have become newly aware of them. There are some who think that I shouldn't talk about an election this way, um, that what elections are are a team sport where somebody's side wins and then the other team has to be a good loser. There are elections that have felt that way and this isn't one of them. It's felt ironic to be in the middle of a healing sermon series this week uh, because I have heard so many calls, you may have heard so many calls for healing um, from people in your circles, especially your Christian circles, especially your church circles saying, let's heal, let's unify, let's get over it, let's be with each other, let's move forward. And as I hear those calls, there is a scripture that repeats in my heart and in my mind, which is Jeremiah 6.14. They dress the wounds of my people as though they were not serious. They cry, peace, peace, but there is no peace. They dress the wounds of my people as though they were not serious. There are a lot of ways to heal. Putting a Band-Aid over a wound without cleaning it first, without exposing it to the air and the sun, is not one of them. We as Christians are called to be people of the truth, who look at the wound and say it is there, and yes, are devoted to healing, but not a superficial healing that simply makes the wound fester underneath. Real healing that will take longer than we may have ever imagined, especially those of us who are less at risk than others. So today I'm gonna to try and tell you a few of the truths that I see about where we are and what we are experiencing, and then we're gonna have some time to be together, uh, to light candles, to talk if you feel like talking, to not talk if you don't feel like talking, to read the Bible, to pray. Contemplation is an ancient practice too, one we too often forget. And here are some of the truths. Some of us today are at a lot more risk than others. Some of us are in a lot more danger than others. Queer people are at more risk than straight people of not being able to go where they want, not being able to marry who they love, of being under attack. People of color and specific groups of people of color are at much more risk than white people in this moment. Undocumented people are at more risk than people who have citizenship. People who are insured through their employer are at less risk than people who are not and may have their insurance taken away. We are at different levels of risk today. 
And one thing I think God is calling us to, God always calls us to, is as we try to carry each other through this time and to hold each other through this time and to love each other through this time, don't make people who are at more risk than you carry your mat. Don't make people who are at more risk than you carry your mat. We are all feeling something. We are all going through something. But be attentive and be conscious and be aware when you are in loving relationship with others who may be in more danger from what it is to come. That you honor that and honor what they tell you they need and want and do not make them carry your mat through the roof. <laughs> there's a model of sickness, um, of health, where uh, there's like the person in the middle who has the thing, right? The person who's hurting, the person who's in the hospital, and then there's the circle of the people who are closest to that person, and the circle of people who are a little less close. And the care and the, the strength should always be going in right, <laughs> into a level of the circle of people who are more affected, more deeply hurt, more deeply at risk. If you are at risk for whatever reason, in whatever way, for each of us this is different, um, it's deeply unfair and it's wrong and it's not of God, but the truth is that survival will be resistance, as it always has been, as it always will be, and do what you need to do to survive. Do what you need to do to take care of yourself. Um, do what you need to do to continue in the path of life that you have. It might be peppermint tea, it might be stupid Netflix, it might be going to the protest. Um, it might be something different that I have yet to see. However, I know. <laughs> that we will only get through by carrying each other. When Jesus was sitting in the building, um, he was surrounded by people, so surrounded. I wonder what it must have been like for those five people seeking whatever they were seeking from him um, to try and charge through the mass, to try and charge through the people, to tear off the roof of the building and go after what Jesus had promised them, which was more which was better, which was righteousness, which was wholeness, which was healing and salve. It takes a lot. <laughs> it takes a lot, and it takes a lot out of us. And still, after that moment, I don't think everything was okay. Jesus knew what it was to live in an empire, to live in an empire that did not have him in mind when it set its rules that did not have his well-being at heart when it made its ways. And he did not fix that in a lifetime. He lived in it and resisted it with those who were around him. This is how we will be as individuals in the time to come. Yes, seeking new relationships, if that's something that we can do, that we have the capacity to do with people who are different from us, um, seeking to understand and to form. But what failed here wasn't just individuals. It wasn't that there were people um, who looked other people in the eye and hated them. It was that the system of racism, the system of homophobia, the system of xenophobia, the masses of evil that make themselves known in us and through us but are more than any one person um, 
made themselves known anew and fresh, but they have always been with us. They've always been with us, and if, if we just saw them this week, we're probably pretty lucky. <laughs> we're also gonna have to carry our people through this. They have dressed the wounds of my people superficially, saying peace, peace where there is no peace. Jesus was the king of peace as well as the great physician, and Jesus has called us on the great commission to follow those ways and to follow those paths to be peacemakers. Our country is sick. <laughs> Our country has something profoundly uh, dangerous and deep inside of it. It's inside of us too, many of us. Um, and we may have to push it through the roof we may have to tear the building apart. And that will not be wrong, but will be what we are called to. One of the few things um, on that survival piece this week that, that felt to me like it was of the moment, I don't know if anyone else has seen John Legend's music video, uh, Love Me Now. <laughs> um, which is all people, families, people who love, loving each other now, not because it's easy, not because it will fix, not because it will make things all of a sudden better tomorrow, but because that is what we have in front of us sometimes. The people who we can love, the things that we can care for, the places in our lives where there is flexibility and movement and room for growth and nourishment and care. We can attend to those places. We can grow from those roots. We can love each other now and expect and demand more from the world that we are in. Expect and demand more than a superficial healing, but a deep healing that will lance and will expose and will open to the air these wounds. We have a lot of different folks in this church. <laughs> it's one of the things that I love the most about it, that we are different, um, but that will also mean that this day and this week and this time are different for us. We're gonna have to listen to each other really, really deeply about what we need to learn and what we need to do. And the first we shall listen to shall be the most at risk. It's hard to be alive all the time, I think. <laughs> human life has never been easy or simple. Um, human groups have never been just or perfect or right. There is no time to return to. There is no moment to go back to. But God has promised us that we are marching to Zion, that we are on our way somewhere, that there is a path before us. That path may not be easy. There will be pain and it will be unfair and it will be wrong. There are things that will happen along the way that we cannot anticipate, but there is no other choice but to move forward, <laughs> to love each other now and to put one foot in front of the other and to see each other as we do it to care for each other as we do it. We carry each other. 
we carry each other on this journey that is so challenging and painful. And we carry each other in the ways that we ask each other to. I've been thinking a lot about symbols this week. Um, there's been such a spike in hate crimes the last couple of days, hate crimes of all kinds, um, slurs being written on walls, but one of the hate crimes has been um, tearing hijabs off of women's heads or threatening to. Um, and I have a lot of friends who, who wear hijab, who dress uh, with hijab. One of my best friends is actually preaching at our South Loop site today. Um, and a lot of people think of that as just a symbol, right, of her faith. It's just a way to identify what team you're on, who your people are, who your folks are. But that's not what it is to almost anyone that I know. Um, the way that my good friend has described it to me is as a constant reminder that she wears not just on her head, but on her heart of the God who made her and the God that she seeks to serve. And an accountability that if people see her with it on, she better be acting in the ways that she hopes to act in the world and be the person that she hopes to be. That's what wearing a cross should be. And instead, it's become a symbol of a team that we're on. There are many things I've been disappointed in this week, but one of the most has been the failure of the evangelical church, which many of us would consider ourselves a part of, to preach truth, to show wounds, to know the gospel in the people and in the pews. If you wear a cross, let it be not just a symbol. Let it be something that keeps you accountable to a Jesus who promised to liberate the captives and the oppressed, who promised to free all that was unfree, to unbind all that has been bound up, and to make justice where people thought there could be none. These are the first promises that Jesus made us after his baptism. The first promises were of liberation. Salvation is important, but it is just a part of a larger thing. If all of us are not saved, none of us are. If all of us are not free, none of us are. So we must carry each other, not just because it's the right thing to do and we see other people in pain, but because we will not be free and we will not be whole and we will not be healed until every one of us is free and whole and healed. This is the gospel we have been given. This is the life we have been called to lead. Let's lead it together and know in history that it has never been easy and it has never won. <laughs> but there has been a life to lead. There has been a way to follow. There has been more gospel and less, more freedom and less, and we will continue the fight. Amen. <laughs>